All right, folks, welcome into the season one finale of the Behind the Mic podcast. We are thrilled to have completed the entirety of season one, and season two will get going a week from today. That'll be Justice Keen of Macomb High School will tip off season one, so we look forward to having Justice on the podcast next week. Apple Podcast. Anchor and Spotify, the three primary outlets that you can tune in to the Behind the Mic podcast through. So download whichever app is your favorite to do that. Also be sure Facebook and Twitter. Facebook is BTM Podcast Alex. Twitter, BTM Podcast underscore Alex. And you can find us on both of those platforms for social media with links of episodes and various other show updates that will come up from time to time. The guest today for season one's finale, season one, episode 10, Jeff Smith. Jeff, how you doing? Pretty good, Alex. How are you? I'm doing about as good as I can ask for anyway. Um, so I always like asking people this question because we they see the various hats that us announcers put on, but a lot of people don't take the time to think, how do you get to that point? So that being said, what got Jeff Smith interested in being a public address announcer? Oh, I guess way back in the um, early 80s, um, maybe the late 70s, early 80s, um, we, I was growing up in Fort Worth um, and I was listening to, um, to Mark Holtz and Eric Nadell do Rangers baseball play-by-play. And, uh, and I thought, you know, that'd be something I'd like to do. Uh, not very good athletically, but I can sure talk about it. And um, so one night I remember going out to, to Arlington Stadium, the old Arlington Stadium, and, and running into Mark Holtz uh, as they boarded the bus to uh, uh, go out to the airport and go out to Oakland that night. I remember going out and um, I asked Mark, I said, Mark, I said, you know, uh, I want your job. And he looked at me and, and he goes, well, kid, come back here in about you know, 10 years or so. And I says, I may be willing, you know, to give up this gig and, and do something else. I went, all right. But, you know, I was 16, 17-year-old, stringy-haired kid, you know, no idea what was happening. And, and, uh, and uh, so um, they just, in my mind. So anyway, I uh, went to school. I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't a real good student. And, um, and uh, the long and short of it is, is that I didn't, I didn't pursue a, a degree in, in communications or anything like that. But um, I started going to junior college in Fort Worth at Tarrant County College. And uh, in a, on the side, I started working for the Texas Rangers Baseball Club and then um, the Dallas Cowboys and uh, had able to get field access, you know, working in the, uh, the locker rooms and, and um, whatnot. And I started uh, meeting different media personalities and uh, most notably, you know, the, uh, the play-by-play guys. And so I started talking to them and, um, trying to figure out, you know, how, how did you guys become play-by-play? Or in this case, maybe even like Chuck Morgan, the voice of the Texas Rangers, or Kevin McCarthy, the, the, the original voice of the Dallas Mavericks. And all of them had the same um, common denominator. It said, go to school, get your education, and then go find a small market, get some experience, and then, um, and then work your way to the top. And so... Uh, I was kind of disheartened, you know, because I wasn't a very good student. And, and so I didn't want to put the work in, which was going to school and getting the education and whatnot. Well, I finally did go back to school and I did finish up with a, a, an associate's degree. 
And uh, one night I uh, was at a Mansfield High School basketball game back in the uh, mid 80s. And uh, it was a packed house. It was a barn, just a small gymnasium. And it was standing room only. And uh, the Mansfield Tigers were state ranked at the time, I think number one in the area. And uh, I remember the team came running out and the place went berserk. And then it came time for the starting lineups. And a young lady came to the microphone and she uh, introduced the team. And then she put the microphone down on the table and then walked and sat down at the end of the bench, you know, to, uh, to keep the, uh, the scorebook. Um, and it turned out she was the team manager. Well, that just got all over because I thought, um, real good ball club and everything. And that's all you do. You just introduce the starters and you just go sit down. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kevin McCarthy's words came back to me. He says, find a small market, get some experience, and then work your way to the top. Well, I couldn't get that out of my mind. So I made eye contact with this young lady and uh, introduced myself to her, you know, and, and uh, asked her why she didn't introduce the team. And she said, coach says, introduce the starters and that's it. Then she asked me if I was interested. And I said, well, heck yeah. And so that started a, uh, and a love affair with, with public address announcing because uh, she introduced me to the team after the game, the coach after the game. And he uh, gave me the job that night and then said, you might want to go talk to the girls coach too, because uh, he may want his games uh, announced. And so I did, I met Don Watt that night as well. And, and um, they gave me the job to be the, the, uh, the voice of the Mansfield Tigers. Well, I did that for 20 years. And then uh, along the way, I moved to, to Burleson and uh, started taking up uh, Burleson High School Athletics. And then um, by chance, I, I worked an AU game over at uh, TCU and, and uh, was able to leave a business card there with the, uh, the marketing staff at TCU. And, and uh, that got to, led to a phone call from them to uh, start doing some volleyball, and, uh, which I did. And um, getting the job at TCU then opened the door for me to do the stuff I do at TCU right now. And that's baseball and women's basketball, some soccer, swimming and diving, and uh, the big job. Well, one of the big jobs, the internal job for the uh, TCU Horn Frog football team, internal PA. So uh, it all started a long time ago uh, where play-by-play um, uh, play I wanted to be, but then, then one day I figured, you know, maybe it's better that I just go and become a public address announcer, and, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Now, would I like to do play-by-play? Play? Uh, yeah, I'd probably do some baseball play-by-play, play, but – I'm not sure about basketball or, or football, but uh, it'd be fun. When you talk about having a passion for it and knowing that you wanted to do it at least maybe short term, but was there a role you got? Was there a game or something where you realized it's something you could do long term? Maybe not as a sole, the only thing you do, but just longer term, was there some kind of thing that you saw that made you think, hey, I can do this longer than maybe just a couple of years or just as a hobby? Oh uh, yeah. So uh, when I when I started doing the job, I was actually uh, 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 working. I was working uh, for a, a guy cutting glass over in Dallas, but um, but then I uh, met my future wife in in college, and uh, realized when I realized I was going to have to get married uh, that I that I wanted to marry her and everything, and I was going to have to support her but I couldn't support her, you know, uh, working, you know, cutting glass. I needed like, a career. Um, I started working uh, 
a friend of mine, one of my best friends, offered me a, a job at Miller's Insurance and uh, working in, in IT. And, uh, and he, knew, he, he knew me uh, also from doing um, Mansfield High School basketball and, and some football. And uh, that being said, I was doing it just, just to you know, do and have some fun. But Keith told me when, uh, when I got the job at Miller's Insurance, he said, you know, you can work here, you know, full time and everything, and you're off by five, and you can still continue to do, you know, your, uh, your fun stuff. And, um, and because uh, Keith was my spotter, and he said, Jeff, so you're pretty good at this. And, uh, you know, you can do this for a long time if you want to. And I was going like, wow. Well, then when I met Sheila, you know, she thought that I would probably get tired of it, you know, and, and that it would disappear one day. But here we are. We've been married 30 years and, and <laughs> I'm still doing public address and uh, it's become a labor of love. And so uh, but even then, Sheila knew that after a couple of years of marriage, you know, that. I wasn't going to give it up uh, voluntarily, you know, I was, I was going to be kicked out or something, you know, to, you know, to get out of the business. So uh, it was my friend, Keith Kunkel, who, who suggested that I could probably do this for a long time. And then Sheila kind of confirmed it and, and she's been a, a rock, you know, allowing me to, to have this fun, fun job. You've obviously worked multiple sports and this is something I feel like is not talked about enough when it comes to public address announcing and that's versatility. How have you both experienced that firsthand and then do you see it as a whole for the industry on its own? Um, yeah, so uh, public address for me started out doing basketball and then uh, with the, uh, the leading uh, news writer there in Mansfield, uh, Mike Kays and, and Keith Kunkel, they were able, you know, to get me in front of the AD, you know, to, to, uh, to do football. And then, then that opened the door for baseball and, and some soccer there at the high school. Um, and uh, when you say versatility, well, you know, those sports, they really don't much, they don't overlap. So you're able to go from, from, from uh, well, volleyball into basketball or football into basketball into baseball. And so, um, uh, I guess to answer your question, um, when I started doing some stuff at TCU uh, there in 2004, um, I didn't get all those jobs overnight. They all came as progression, right? You know, you start with, with volleyball and then an opportunity opened up, you know, to audition for the baseball team. And I think when I got that baseball job, well, actually, yeah, I got the baseball job. But then uh, two years later, the, uh, the uh, communications director, uh, Mark Cohen, calls me up and said, hey, Jeff, I've got an opening for TCU football to be the internal voice. Would you be interested in doing this? And when he offered me that job and I got it, that basically opened the door for everything else, women's basketball, the soccer, the uh, swimming and diving, some equestrian. And then um, then they opened the door to also then work for the Big 12 and then um, uh, an Army um, UNT a game over at old Texas stadium, you know, uh, you know, that happened. And so, um, so being able to do all those sports, you know, and, and get some experience doing them all has uh, allowed me to become versatile, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, work at some of these other venues. You've talked about your roles, both as a 
stadium public address announcer and an internal public address announcer. Talk, talk to us about your preparation for both. How similar or how different is a game day prep for us? PA internal PA role as opposed to a stadium PA role. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so the, the preparation is almost the same. You, uh, as far as a PA announcer, you want to get your uh, rosters, you know, you want to, you know, the teams that you're going to be facing. That's we're talking about football. So I know that this Friday night we're going to be playing Duncanville high school. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to reach out to Duncanville high school. I'm going to, uh, to have their roster sent to me. Uh, so I can start looking it over and, and um, get familiar with the names. Uh, I should already know the Burleson people, you know, right. Um, and then, um, then I'll reach out maybe like Thursday before, you know, with the uh, head football coach and say, can you send me your, your uh, probable starting lineup so I can go ahead and get familiar with the defense and the offense, special teams, um, captains, that type of stuff. And then I go ahead and get that all written in. And I have a pretty good idea what I'm going to do Friday night. So that all starts the week of. Um, then once you get to the game on Friday night for a PA job, you know, it's basically welcome to the stadium. It's, it's pretty simple, right? Uh, now, the internal PA, and of course, you're, you're, uh, if you're announcing for the home team, um, you're pretty excited. You're probably a little biased toward the home team, uh, whatnot. But uh, when you do internal, it's a different uh, it's a different game altogether. The preparation is still the same. You you uh, Mark Cohen uh, makes makes game notes available, you know, to the uh, to the media, you know. So I have access to that. So I'll get it the week of. Uh, then I'll get there like two two and a half hours early. I'll get the uh, the game notes again and start looking it over. I'll look at the uh, the flip chart. Um, usually the visiting outside ID will show up about an hour and a half or so. Yeah, they're usually there an hour and a half or so before the game. Uh, make arrangements, you have to meet them, go over any uh, pronunciations that need to be uh, discussed, uh, any changes to the probable starting lineup that needs to be ad addressed. And then when the game starts, it's basically, or 30 minutes before you, it's just a welcome to the uh, AMG Carter Stadium press box or the Dan Jenkins press box at AMG Carter Stadium. Uh, you do a welcome there, then you remind them it's a working press box and it's going to be a neutral facility, so no cheering is going to be allowed. So guess what? Jeff Smith can't say, touchdown TCU. It's going to be touchdown TCU. It's a monotone, uh, low, uninterested voice when you do um, internal PA. Uh, so that's the preparation. It's leading up to and then actual work in the game. And then afterwards, it's announced the final score and uh, – and I guess uh, the difference too there is is that um, when you're doing regular football, you've got a spotter. He's giving you a um, ball carrier, the tackle uh, down in distance. And I'm just repeating, and I'm I'm doing most of that some most of that myself. But internal PA, you've got a whole staff in the box, and so basically you're just re you're reporting the play for the working members in the press box, and it's a low uninterested voice, uninterested voice. So if, if I got Bullet Bob down here, you're doing offense, and I've got Joey over here doing defense, I'm hearing offense first, the ball carrier, I hear the tackle, the assist, then I hear Bob come back and say, you know, 16 yards on the play, first down at 32, and I'm just repeating it, Brandy and Ben, they're the data into the uh, computers and it's going over the stat broadcast monitors there in the press box. And it's a, 
it's a pretty easy process. When you get to these offenses now where there's no huddle and they're just coming to the line of scrimmage every uh, 15 seconds, you know, it gets kind of hairy, but it's, it's, it's pretty wild. But it's a very worthwhile experience. You talk about your role with the Big 12 Conference. I'm serving as the internal PA there. What's that experience like? And do you have any maybe any stories or pointers that you could kind of pull from that experience to share with the podcast? Um, so the the Big 12 Conference, uh, they basically uh, in this situation, I'm in the right place at the right time. Um, where the Big 12 Conference uses TCU their uh, their uh, stat uh, crew. And so basically during the football season, uh, I don't work for sports, sports marketing uh, for football. I work for media relations, which is Mark Cohen and his, uh, his staff. And so I'm actually part of the game day stat crew there, you know, there at Amy G. Carter Stadium. So the Big 12, what they do is they use um, our media relations staff. And so I'm part of that stat package uh, that I was – kind of incorporated and and said, Jeff, do you want to come over and announce the game for us and you know, join the team, you know, follow us over there. Heck yeah. Yeah, sure. No problem. And so um so you get in there and of course now it's it's very neutral. You know, uh, it, it it has to be neutral. And um and um but it's 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 a limited number of people in there too. It's it's more condensed. So there's more pressure you know, to, to get that information right. So I'm really counting on, on, on Bob, you know, to give me the offense. I'm counting on Joey or Ben or whoever, you know, to give me an accurate, you know, defensive stop and an accurate assist. And then uh, Bob to come back and say 15 yards on the play, first down at the 32. And at, at, uh, at AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play, that's side of the Big 12 championship game. You know, uh, we're not we're not at the 30 yard line. We're not at midfield. You know, our facility or our, our location is down in the end zone, more or less um, in the corner of the end zone, looking back. So as the teams move away from you down to the other end, all of a sudden you're looking at, at the big spring TV or looking at your monitors. You know, to con- you know confirm you know where that ball and these referees sometimes they take forever you know spotting the ball. So you, but um, but it's been a really interesting uh, process. I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and uh, it's a rewarding experience as well. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about the industry as a whole and how you think it's changed since that you know kid wanted to get the job way back when, as opposed to now. How what kind of changes you've seen in the industry over your time as a PA announcer? Well, yeah, so. Uh, uh, when I joined TCU uh, back when and, and uh, started uh, with football, for instance, let's say they were in the uh, they were in um, uh, the Mountain West. They had, they had left Conference USA and joined the Mountain West, and so um, it was real fast and had to give us, you know, we had a huddle and everything was pretty normal, right? But but now uh, with the advent of of the uh, of the uh, spread offenses and whatnot, everything is just so fast, so fast. And so you really, you can't, you can't take plays off. You have to be on your game from start to finish. Um, and um, so that, that's the element that has changed so much as, as far as the game goes. Um, and then there's so much technology too now, you know, uh, um, 
the replays and, and, um, and whatnot. Um, everything is, uh, everything's subject to review. So you have to, you know, to, to pay attention to that business and, um, uh, you have to be, uh, tech savvy, so to speak, I guess, you know, you use the tools in front of you and your iPads and, and, um, so it's a, it's a different era back in those days, you know, and I remember, you know, in fact, we still do it. You, you have your electronic uh, media and, and we're using a new software package this year called Genesis, which requires two more people, you know, to handle, you know, to, to use. But, uh, but even then, you know, you're uh, in the IT age, um, there's chance for failure. So you still have to have the human element. And that is Dennis over here to my left with a, with a pad and he's, you know, pencil and pad, you know, uh, pencil and paper, you know, tracking every play. So just in case this goes down, you've got, you got a paper trail, you know, to, uh, to fall back on and, and fix the problem. So, um, so uh, as far as the differences, you know, back then it was all uh, pencil and paper and everybody had, had paper in front of them and they were tracking plays and whatnot. Now it's all digitally entered, you know, on the computer. And then uh, I'm announcing here and a second and a half later, it's there on the, on the uh, stat monitor. And, you know, so, you know, uh, my voice isn't piped all throughout the stadium now in, in the individual boxes. Uh, it's only in the, in the big box now. And uh, Brian Estridge and John Denton and Fox TV, ESPN TV, they have all the information right in front of them uh, with the uh, with the stat monitors, and that's the big difference, the biggest difference. What would you say is the best part of your job? Uh, the best part of the job uh, is is just being able, you know, to be uh, to be there uh, on site and being a part of a, of an exciting, you know, um, game. Um, that's a good question it's hard to answer uh it's uh i think the college game is is is, is the purest uh, form of, of entertainment you know um you know you got your professional game it's it's so busy and and uh and i would i would relish the role of being being able to do the internal pa for the dallas cowboys um uh, our friend robert coffee you know has that job now for the cowboys but it's it's so it's so uh so much faster and, and, and a little bit far more serious. Um, and I guess the college game is serious too. You know, if you don't take it serious, you're not going to be doing it very long. Um, but it's, there's just a lot of satisfaction, you know, working a, uh, a big 12 college football game, you know, and, and be able to announce um, the Texas of the world, the Oklahoma's of the world and, and, uh, and, um, West Virginia's and, and, and on Baylor, you know, um, seeing some big time football is, 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 uh, makes it all worthwhile. It's, it makes it a blast. And so, uh, if they never pay me a dime, I'd still do it, you know, because it's just the, uh, a huge, a great opportunity and a, and a privilege, you know, to, to work an event such as that. You're one of the few guests in our guest lineup on season one that have returned to a microphone in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> I'll close by asking you this. What have been your thoughts on your return or a microphone and your hopefulness for a return to play in your other roles within the state of Texas? Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, when COVID hit, I had, I had just finished my ninth game with, uh, with TCU baseball. And uh, even going up to COVID, you know, um, there was talk about, you know, the because remember, we're going into March Madness right about that time. The conference tournaments were happen, happening. And uh, but they were still talking, you know, that, well, you're still going to have announcers and uh, they're not going to be any fans there, but we're still going to do this. And, but as you know, it changed nearly every day. Something, something different was being reported every day. And then finally, we just went into lockdown. Um, but I was fortunate to get nine games in. Well, time passes. And um, then Texas started opening up. And uh, when, they, when the realization was that there wasn't going to be Cleveland Railroad or minor league baseball you know, to, to, uh, to do, um, the people that run our facility down in Cleburne uh, opted you know, to, to rent it out and, and let a collegiate team play there, collegiate league team play there. And then um, a high school select uh, tournament uh, play there. So uh, being the voice, the railroaders and the voice of the stadium, I was asked first, do you want to come down and work these games? And well, sure, you know. And uh, even with a um, couple of months of, of absence and everything, started out kind of slow, but it didn't take long to get back into the saddle and, and get back into announcing baseball, and, and uh, which I really love. Uh, people say baseball is slow, who cares? It's, it's still one of the greatest games in the world. You know, baseball, it's all American, apple pie, mama. <laughs> Um, so it did take long, you know, to, to get back into the, into the announcing, uh, things. So now is why I see it now, um, uh, here, especially with high school starting first, um, they're going to push our seasons uh, down a month, but we will still have, uh, our games and fans will be able to come to the games, although a limited number, um, there still will be announcers. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then the college stuff will start up. And I'm hearing, you know, that we're still going to need announcers for the football games. We're still going to need announcers for the volleyball. And, and, and for TCU volleyball, we're not, we're not playing at the, the rec center anymore. We're actually playing across the street at Schulmeyer Arena, which is a great thing because instead of having only 1,500 and half of that, you know, to, to come inside, now you've got a, almost a 7,000-seat venue, and you can – you can social distance all day long in that place, right? And still get 1,500 people in there, you know, to watch volleyball. And the scores table, it's a mile long in there. And so there's plenty of place, plenty of space, you know, for the officials, you know, to spread out and uh, we'll get the job done. So I'm looking forward to that. And, and uh, it won't take long to get back in the saddle as far as announcing volleyball. It's fast and furious, but uh, one or two matches and we'll be back into it. It'll be all right. One more time before we let Jeff go, social media for Facebook, it's BTM Podcast Alex. Twitter, BTM Podcast underscore Alex. Apps available for download for you to listen to the podcast include Apple Podcasts. We are very excited that we were able to be picked up by that platform, Anchor, and Spotify. That does it for season one. Next week, it's Justice Keen from Macomb High School that will tip off season two, episode 11 of the Behind the Mic podcast. And one final time, we say so long to Jeff Smith. Jeff, thank you so much for being a part of the show. We really appreciate it, especially to wrap up season one. Well, Alex, it's my pleasure. And it's always, it's uh, it was actually a privilege to get to know you over the course of the last several weeks. You know, the, the quarantine announcers, uh, you're a great guy. You're running a great show. And um, 
it's been a pleasure to be a part of your uh, season one show tonight this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.